Um, the, the purpose for me speaking today, and, and I'll leave out my background because it's really not important. What's important is the people on the stage and what they're doing, especially in the context of our community. And uh, so I wanted to just give everybody a brief opportunity to talk about uh, really what they think the most important and enriching ways to gather and engage in that community related to you know, everything but money, basically, right? So we, we, we have taken some time to talk about the capital formation side of the, of the world, and we've taken some important time to talk about business in general and some strategy. Uh, but I think it's also important, as Sarah said, to talk about the human component and the ways that we can uh, connect with one another to provide value in that community. And I'm not talking necessarily about an economic exchange, though that is a fact of life. It takes money to build things, to run things, to make things more effective. Um, but I'm interested in hearing, you know, related to our community uh, and specific to 361, since all of you now, whether you're familiar or not, are now de facto members of that community. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to uh, just briefly talk about that. And so, um, a couple people have not been introduced yet that are on the stage. The first is Tom Hayes, and Tom is the Dean of Williams College of Business. Uh, Tom, uh, you know, uh, has a very hands-on role working with the next generation of entrepreneurs, um, produced, you know, here locally in Cincinnati, but my instinct is that that gives you some perspective on how important it is to connect with kind of the leaders of tomorrow, though that might be a slightly hackneyed phrase, um, you know, how as you bridge uh, the, the academic world into the business world, do you work with connecting kids to help them understand what, what, what's truly important about that engagement, that, that human component of, of connectivity? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, second of all, I, I truly believe I've been in higher education all my life. I like to joke that I have literally and figuratively been at Xavier my entire life. My dad started teaching there in the 50s. I grew up at Xavier. This is my end of my 46th year, and you might guess where I went to school uh, would be Xavier University, except I did go to UC for my PhD. But one of the things I truly believe is I tell people all the time we are in the business of recruiting successful alumni which means from a higher education perspective, it is, against, it, it, it is our moral obligation not only to say, okay, we'd like you to come to our university, our school, our college, whatever, uh, but it's also even more important to make sure we provide the support and the mechanisms and all the programming to help them become successful in life, regardless of what their cho chosen lifestyle, what they want to go into, you know, whether it's business education, whatever it might be. Uh, and as part of that, and certainly in the business school, I think, you know, uh, I know that Xavier certainly does. I know the University of Cincinnati certainly does. You know, U UC created the co-op program, you know, to give people that experience in certain fields. I had mentioned before that 85% of our classes in our university at graduate and undergraduate are experiential in nature uh, because I truly believe that having people, we're very, we've always been an application-based school, uh, and having people integrate into the business community. And so, you know, why am I here, for example? You know, 
there is nothing more important to me than to make the connections for my students so that they have the access to people like you, you know, and so that they, ex they can see what the challenges are in your world. Uh, they have the, exp the opportunity to experience that firsthand. Uh, and also even more so like in, in, at Xavier, and this will be the last thing I say, I'll pass it over. You know, we know that in, with regard to entrepreneurship and innovation, uh, the reality is that a lot of the startups, you know, can't afford interns, you know, and we require that all interns be paid. But fortunately, one of the things we worked on is that we had a donor by the name of Hap Castleberry uh, that gave us enough money for an endowment that now when our students work in the entrepreneurship area, uh, we can pay for their internships. You know, so for as a result, we now have a number of students at Alloy, you know, that, you know, someone who's up here before earlier from Alloy, uh, as well as in some of the other, you know, across the other um, incubators, startups, et cetera, accelerators across Cincinnati. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. So I'm going to pick on Nicole for just a moment because she's new to this stage. So Nicole Entline, CEO of Sublime Communications, uh, a marketing and PR agency and firm. Uh, and I thought we'd jump from academia to maybe what it takes for young companies, in your view, to kind of bridge that gap, what they need, and what they need to be thinking about, because we've been talking a lot about early stage venture, you know, what's important in terms of that connectivity for them? Sure. So a brand is a living, breathing thing. And just the way we've listened to everybody talk about cities, um, especially the city we're in now, a brand, just like a city, has a personality. Uh, you're competing against others in your space. So you have to think about how do I stand out? What are the things that are really going to connect me with my audience? So it doesn't matter whether you're a VC, a family office, an impact group, um, even just an in individual looking for a job, you're a brand. Everything is a brand. We're branding ourselves every single day. So when when we set out to be distinct, that's really the entire purpose of, of developing a brand. So our job is to create that connection. So you have to go deep and you have to really tap into what's most authentic about your brand. What is it that you're offering the world? But then more importantly than just looking Inwardly, you have to look at who are you actually talking to? Who is your audience and how do you connect with them? So you have to get inside of their mind and understand what motivates their behavior. What are their challenges? What's going to resonate with them? And once you find that intersection, that's the sticky point. And that's where brands endure. And even if you think about a brand like uh, Target, which we all lovingly call Target, versus Kmart. You know, one had great branding, the other not so great. So brands are people and, you know, consistency and um, really standing out is what makes things work. Thanks for that. So um, I'll invite anybody from the panel now to talk about how we can connect better in our local communities for example, the city of Cincinnati, um, or in our, um, you know, smaller network, our smaller community of 361 specifically, though it's growing all the time, 
but uh, if anybody wants to comment on how we can be more effective at, uh, at our at communication and connecting on a human level in our own community. Well, this one goes back to uh, how I became introduced to 361. It was through a professor at Denison named Fidel Kaboob. He's an economics professor, a remarkable man, a leading thinker in mon- modern monetary theory. And uh, it, it, it would help to understand how we arrived at the model we did if I explained to you what he did uh, that really impressed us on the power of local currency. And so he developed, uh, was co-developed a program in Missouri where he was a, a professor at the time uh, that is called the Volunteer Dollar Program. And what it did was it, it, it told people how to understand money by having them go out and earn money but not the U.S. dollar. So he created relationships with local nonprofits, gave each of them banks of this local money that he created, right, printed it right out there and gave it to them. And the students were then told to go out and uh, volunteer. And they said, why? Well, because you have to purchase your certificate of completion in this class. You don't just show up and take tests and do your studies. You have to buy your certificate. Now, of course, that was outrageous. How We're already paying tuition and all this. But he said, no, no, it's, it's for a reason. You'll understand. Well, what was really a difficult concept for a lot of these kids really turned around when they went out to these organizations and otherwise volunteered, but they got paid to volunteer. And this is a, a core concept of what we've, what we've developed at the SCF. And that, that turned into them coming back to the school with the money that they needed. They, they earned enough of these volunteer dollars by volunteering at local nonprofits to get their certificate. But what happened when they had enough money to get that certificate? I'm saying we could do this with 361, absolutely. But the, uh, what came of this was that they came back to the, the class and said, but I really like the work. Can, can I keep working there? And he says, you can do whatever you like. It's, it's your money. It's your time. And many of them did. But what also happened that was more interesting is now that they had a bunch of this extra new money in their pocket, they couldn't go to Walmart or, or Target and buy stuff, but they could trade amongst themselves. So an immediate secondary marketplace formed, and they started trading things with each other, otherwise trading, but buying it with this currency. And so this, this volunteerism is, is really far more powerful than you think, but it all comes back to meaning. Right. They did the work. They wanted to continue to do the work because the work that the volunteers were doing at these nonprofits was meaningful. Meaningful work is what we're missing right now. And we need to build things again. I think all of us can agree in this country. We need to build things again. And if it's ever been more evident than right now, I don't know when it is because we have this uh, supply chain issue. We need to build things again. And so this is one of the ways that we're helping people build things with their hands increase local pride, increase dignity, and ultimately pay a living wage to people for doing anything, anything that benefits the community. They should have the dignity of a living wage. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. And I, I want to answer your question very specifically about 361, what you can do in this community, because I'm a kind of a unicorn and a good example, but I've forged some beautiful relationships with my work, with my business, um, with philanthropic endeavors, foundational work that we did. Um, And my suggestion is have a lot of chutzpah, have no fear, and be vulnerable. Um, And the other thing which for me, it's, and as Mark knows, asking tons of questions. Don't be afraid of anybody because of their position. Don't be afraid to approach people. Usually the people who are most 
um, unapproachable are very happy to be approached because nobody approaches them. It's happening. I find that to be the case. But I'd say go out and ask people, be vulnerable, ask your questions. People are willing, willing to help. The other major thing, and I keep having to learn this myself, do not make assumptions about anybody. Don't make assumptions. Talk to people. I'd say... um in the 361 group, it's important to uh, uh, find out where you can add, truly add value without an ask, and find somebody that you uh, align with from a, you know, a passion standpoint and solve somebody else's problem together. Because when you do that together, you build something called a common language and trust, and then try to do something together. Because too often, I think people rush into partnerships on a transactional basis. Are they asking questions so they can say, oh, my, my thing solves your problem? And that just doesn't go very far. We can find that on the internet. We don't need to find that in this room. And I think it's about, um, to what Nicole said, it's about this, um, everybody's a brand, but I think together we're, we're, we're a better brand. And I think it's about identifying that unique value, like Nicole said, around each person, but then the collective, and how can we stand together and uh, work in that way? Thank you. Well, thanks, everybody. I think that's you know pretty much our time. Um, I want to make sure we have you know enough time for some really dynamic, incredible breakouts. Sarah, I don't know why you had to look at me when you said be vulnerable, but um, uh, we appreciate all of you. Thank you very much. Come join our 361 firm community of investors and thought leaders. We have a lot of events created by the community as we collaborate on investments and philanthropic interests. Join us.